I am Lucas Mack, and I'm on a mission to see the hurting get healed and the healed go out and heal others in order for all of us to experience the true love and light we desire. This podcast is me sharing my journey with you so you don't feel alone in your journey. Welcome to the Golden Rule Revolution. Hello, dear brothers and sisters, and welcome back to another episode of The Golden Rule Revolution. I am Lucas Mack. Thank you for joining me, sending you all love and blessings. We are entering a very pivotal time in human experience, which will eventually become human history. You are the heroes that we've all been looking for. Every one of us that have stood up and found our sovereignty and reclaimed our healing, unlocked our soul's purpose and really grounded in this human experience. You are the heroes. We are the heroes that we've been looking for. And I send you all love. And in alignment to that, I'm so excited to bring a dear sister who is heroic in her own right, Lauren Salon. She was one of my first guests ever on the Golden Rule Revolution podcast. And I'm so excited to bring her back. She is she is a powerhouse a powerhouse, a beautiful soul, beautiful person, and someone that I know you'll really resonate as you hear her story and hear what she's up to. So my dear sister, Lauren, thank you for coming on and everyone enjoy. Like I just told you right before I hit record, I love you and I am so thankful for you. And it's fun to watch you shine your light and your light's getting mm-hmm. brighter and bigger. And remember I talked to you about the waves that everyone has their own wave like yes yes and you were like you're not on yours yet sis and (laughs) i was like oh geez you're (laughs) the waves coming up right now i see it i feel it um it feels good to watch i'm really proud of you and Mm, so welcome back to the show i think you were number like early definitely one of the first 10 interviews i had on the podcast back a long time ago five years ago I've been schlepping at this for five years. It's been a long wow. time. I had something interesting happen on the podcast as well recently. So I've always had explicit as the default setting for the podcast. Yes. And because I'll say whatever I want to say. Yeah. And I you know, filter. Same. I'm like, it's not like that bad, but I'm yeah, going to drop F-bombs and right. stuff like that. Right. Like exactly right. I usually ask, I usually ask if I'm allowed to on a guest show. Oh yeah. Well, you <laughs> definitely are. But I changed the default setting from explicit to non-explicit. And all of a sudden my, my, the downloads of like crazy increase. So I'm like, wow, people were just afraid of the big E. So now that I've taken the big E off, like it's starting to really grow, which feels nice. Wait, but does that mean interesting? I don't know if it was like banned or people just saw that it was a sp- in the spiritual category with E and they're like, that guy can't yeah. be too spiritual. <laughs> nah, whatever. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, welcome back. <laughs> welcome back. Um, so I was blessed enough to be on your show recently. We talked about a lot of stuff and no. And today or in this episode, one of the things that I've been sitting with really excited to have this moment to look at you, to bring you on is this to talk about your experience with the feminine and the masculine. It's such a thing. It's a thing. I don't know. Like there's Mm -hmm. lots of content containers, 
perspectives, but what I really love how just your personal life and your stance and you've played with all this energy. And so that's one of the things I want to talk about today. It's just your yeah. the divine feminine and masculine. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess just diving in with, we'll get us on the same page with like some definitions, if you yes. will. So Ooh. masculine and feminine energy, men and women, we all have both within mm-hmm. us and every human, like every individual's balance and how that manifests and shows up is going to be unique to them. So typically men are going to be like mostly in their masculine energy, women, mostly in their feminine. And again, Mm -hmm. it, it varies person to person and there are healthy manifestations of both and unhealthy, Mm -hmm. right. Or like healed and wounded. Um, and so masculine energy is, the, you know, it it all lines up with anatomy and stuff like that. And masculine energy is that penetrative energy. It's much more about logic and competition and like cutting through things, right. And taking Mm -hmm. action, um, like speaking versus listening. Um, yeah, really like structure, safety, uh, decisiveness, that kind of stuff. Whereas Mm -hmm. feminine energy is much more about the, is the receptive energy, Mm -hmm. right? And so much more, instead of more linear, it's going to be more cyclical. It's going to be more about connection and community than competition and achievement. It's going to be more about emotions over intellect and and intuition, um, and like fluidity and flow mm-hmm. versus structure and all of those things, right? Again, like any one of those things can be taken too far and can even like, you know, there are unhealthy manifestations of both, right? Like mm-hmm. feminine, unhealthy feminine can be like very much in victim or, a uh, like, at the mercy of her emotions and like very out of control with her emotions. Um, whereas like, um, you know, ways that the masculine can show up unhealthy is by being really, really controlling. Oh. Right. And, and like, Oh, I'm going to like achieve at, like at the expense of everything, you know, or everyone that sort of thing and can be stuck in doing, 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 doing right. Unhealthy feminine can look like absolutely zero structure. To where like nothing ever happens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so yeah, so it can show up in healthy ways and unhealthy ways for everybody. Mm-hmm. And so, so just we're on the same page with with all of those things because I think some people, you know, are like, wait, but I'm a man, so I don't, I'm not right. When I do this, it's not I'm not being feminine. It's like, yep, yeah, you're not being feminine, but that's accessing what we would call feminine energy, right? So the really basic stuff, masculine, is that like out. Penetrative mm. energy, mm. feminine, receptive, inward mm. sort of energy. And for me personally, I used to be, which many, many driven, you know, quote unquote, independent women and stuff like that. And just by nature of living in the world that we live in, right? We are very much, so there are a lot of women who, you know, whether I, I work with, who follow me, that sort of thing that have been or are really stuck in their masculine energy or have felt like they needed to be 
mainly in their masculine energy, whether out of survival, self-protection, whether uh, to succeed in their career, that sort of thing. And so for me, I used to be so, so stuck in my masculine energy, Um, a bit of a control freak, always busy, 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 doing, 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 never felt like I could do enough, right? Mm. Felt like I was worthless if I wasn't achieving or performing or doing something like impressive, right? And, and from all that, right? Like, because we do those things because they give us benefits in some way. So yeah, I had a good career. I had a really impressive resume. I had a lot of accomplishments. I had a lot of skills Mm. as well. Like on the outside, like looked so impressive, all of this, but because that was, I was overdoing that. I was so in my masculine, my masculine energy was exhausted. Right. Mm. And I didn't trust my feminine energy. I used to think that like being vulnerable and showing emotions was like the worst thing, (laughs) which is so funny. And I'm like, uh, and, and so like I was burning myself out and we need that kind of balance and harmony. Right. Mm. And so, and so, yeah, so so stuck in my masculine, super controlling, disconnected from my body, disconnected from my intuition. Um, you know, I, I had a lot of like shame and stuff too, around my sensuality and things like Mm -hmm. that, which isn't necessarily masculine or feminine. Ah, It's, it's more feminine, the sensual stuff, Mm -hmm. um, being in tune with your body and senses. Um, but I was also just so exhausted on like a deep soul level. Cause Mm -hmm. again, my worth in myself was, deeply connected to what I was doing. And that like when your worth is connected to things outside of yourself, that you're just operating like in black hole energy, right? Because you are never going to be able to do or achieve enough to feel like you are enough, or at least that was my experience. And yes, you know, I, during all of this and really like starting to have awareness around this stuff. I, at the time was married as well. And I was very much too seeing how me being very stuck in my masculine energy attracted a man who was very much in his feminine energy. Mm. And the interesting thing with that is like saying that it's not like my, you wouldn't, I don't think look at my ex-husband and be like, Oh, that's an effeminate man. Right. Right. Or anything like that. Like athlete, charming, good looking, like good job, all that kind of Mm. stuff but I didn't leave him any room to Mm. be in his masculine. Right. And because I was so in my masculine, I attracted like a a counterpart, right. That, that mere balance. And, and so then when I started to really let go of my, like, you know, like grip on only being in my masculine and like surrender into my feminine more, I started to really feel the absence of that masculine in my relationship and Ultimately, we decided to split up and that was in May 2020. So almost three years at this point. That's wild. It's wild because it feels like it feels like 100 years ago. And it also feels like not that long ago at all. Right. Um, And and so, yeah. And so once we we ended our relationship and I had already been doing a lot more of the feminine embodiment work for myself, but that really was such a catalyst for even more harmonizing the masculine and feminine for me. And I have the, the more I harmonize that those energies and the more I started to really lean into my feminine, like the less stressed I was, the less anxiety, the more like 
grounded I felt, the more money I was making, the more tuned into my intuition, like so many beautiful things started to shift. And, and of course it's the result of the internal shifts, but like so many external things that I wouldn't have expected started to really happen. Like, especially the time money relationship. Mm. Like I, I started making more money and working less like dramatically those things both shifted like a lot less time working and a lot more money coming in. Mm. I was like, Oh, this is a nice change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. While you're talking, I wrote that. So the masculine, you said penetrating, which is the right thing. Also, another way to say it is giving where like love, yes, mat, yes. like God is a masculine, why we, why it's referenced. And we talked a little bit about this when I was on your show, why we reference God as a he, because God gives like for God so loved the world that he gave this whole concept mm-hmm. of even the big bang, this concept of like an explosion and constant giving and life. And there's a sustaining to life. But the unhealthy nature of giving is forcing. Yeah. And then feminine energy is natural to receive, but the unhealthy nature of feminines to take. Mm, mm-hmm. And so when men are in, when they're wounded in their feminine, they'll take in the feminine because it's not like they have no feminine. They're taking, but it's not in alignment. It's not in healthy feminine. Yeah. And when women are in their unhealthy masculine they're going to force relationships mm-hmm. things like what all of us men or women but it's yeah it's not like pushing like, instead of yeah just, giving oh, yeah 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 it's fascinating this is good i'm gonna i love that to talk about that later <laughs> <laughs> um you have seen i mean are you seeing a shift like and what i mean the shift maybe even five years ago when we first met there was a personified kind of like a celebrity status to Mm. personal development in the world. And I feel like there's this shift into, and this is my observation of it, a non-personified movement or movement is not the right word, but non-personified, but the feeling is more, shared amongst everyone like i feel like we're all kind of stepping into this this i don't know i haven't really thought of i haven't really thought of that a ton but i do think that i i think i think that both people and like i think there's a, a greater accessibility is happening, whether that's with like knowledge, information, money, humans, that sort of thing. And so there is less like pedestaling of these, like, oh, this personal development guru is like the person to listen to. Like, I don't really, I don't really think that that's happening that much. I think so many more people are stepping into their power. And so there's, and, and even if they're not becoming like the biggest, that sort of thing, like, I do feel like so many more people are rising together. And there's, and I do see much more of a, an energy of collaboration and like linking arms Mm -hmm. as well. It is. It's beautiful to see. Mm -hmm. Um, What was that like for you as far as, I don't think we've ever talked about this, but you know, I knew your ex-husband and that whole process, like what was your view, not just the energy shift that you're just talking about, but that little girl's view of like how it should be versus mm. like life and 
real humanity, I guess. How have you, how has that view shifted for you as far as like the idyllic life? Like what is life now? And I don't mean like life was oh fulfilled if you don't have a husband, but I'm sure a lot has shifted. Is, <laughs> yeah. Know. Yeah. I mean, so many things. It's so funny because like when I was in college, right. So like 17, 18 years old, starting college and stuff like that. Like at that point, I thought I was like, by the time I'm 30, I'm going to be married and have two kids. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, psych 36 divorce, no children. (laughs) (laughs) And, and like, I feel like that can be so easy to be like a, like, Oh, sad, single, woman in her thirties, like, because Mm -hmm. she was too career, like whatever, like, you know, there's that whole, like talking, like bullshit talking point and stuff like that. But like, even when I got married and I was like, cause I got married when I was 29. And even that, like, I was thinking about this yesterday, actually, because a lot Mm -hmm. of my friends who are like 33, 34, maybe even 35, like I have a lot of friends who are just getting engaged, like and I'm going to say for the first time, mm-hmm. not that there's going to be like other times, right? Yeah, like, hopefully right, this, right. this is it for them, but like who right. haven't don't have a marriage like under their belt and a divorce under their belt mm-hmm. already. And I'm like, wow. Like, and I don't think of them as old or getting to it late or anything like that. Whereas like me at 29 years old, I was like, let's get the show on the road. Like we need to be getting married. Right. Like that's where I was back Ooh, then. And I'm like, it- oh my gosh, I was so young. I was so young. And of course I like, it's easy to play the game. And I even, I like went down this little wormhole rabbit hole yesterday, actually. Cause I was like, what if, because I had my intuition was trying to get my attention during, before we got engaged, right. Before we got married about like, no, this isn't it. And when I say this, like my ex-husband, we had a good relationship in many ways, in many ways, not both made like, I made my plenty of mistakes and, and things that I would never do again in, in a relationship um, that I did in, in my marriage and in my relationship and great man treated me well. And we're able to have a very amicable relationship now and had a very amicable split. Um, But I knew that it wasn't right before we got married. Mm. And like, that's how disconnected I was to my intuition that's how much I didn't trust myself. That's how much, how low my self-worth was because I was like, well, this is the best relationship I've ever been in. So I will never again have be in like something that's this good or better than this. Mm. So I better get married now. This is my only option, right? My only chance. And again, not to say he's a bad option. That's not what I want to say, no. but like, that's, that's where my mindset was back then. And so like yesterday I went down this rabbit hole of like, what if I had called off my engagement? Like, what if I had called off my engagement and like, you play that game of, of sometimes of like, what if I had called it off, you know, even like, cause we were engaged for what, a year and a half, maybe what if I had called it off? I would have been like 28, maybe 29. And then what if I had met my like perfect partner at like age 31? Mm-hmm. I could, there is a timeline where I'm with my soulmate already and we have our babies, Right. But that's not the timeline that my soul chose to take, yeah. right? Or my human chose to take yeah. the human part driving the soul at that time. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay. So I, I just took a longer route and like, I'm, I know it's still going to happen, but I just like took the longer route. But like, what would that look like? Had I, you know, 
chosen differently back then or from like a more, I can even say like courageous, I guess, or healed place, but yeah. Interesting things to think of. So, so that like little girl, like. I was going to say real quick, what a rare, I mean, I'm sure there are people that would have said, you know, this isn't right and done it, but I wouldn't have been able to, I doubt like, you know, it's, that's, that would have taken like, that's a lot to say, yeah. you know, to walk. Yeah. Away. Like, and you know? yeah. And it too, like back then, you know, cause I, there were thoughts of that, like, is this right? Like, should have like, you know, mm. and, and then was like, no, like this is probably a normal feeling people have when they're going to get married. That's probably normal. And I think I had such like shame and concern about it that I didn't, I didn't talk to anybody about how I was. It's like so wild that that's like not even that long ago. Right. Like, I guess it's like, you know, however many years I'm like, I can't do math right now, but like, it's really not that long ago. Like I felt like I was a pretty like mature adult around that time. And so it's so interesting to be like, Whoa, I am, I was such a different human back then and made those choices that like, that was the best I was doing at that time. And great. Good for her, you know, but I'm like, Whoa, this version of me now today, like would not have done those same things you know? And so it's, it's not really, it's not like a regret thing. And so when you're asking like, oh, the vision, like when you're a little kid, yeah, I was like, oh, I'm going to be like the things that have changed. Cause, cause if I would think back, it'd be like, oh, I'm going to be like married with two kids by like 30 or something like that. And I'll be like working and I'll be like such a boss babe and all this kind of stuff and like high powered professional woman. And like, now I'm like, I feel I would be good with having no work anymore. (laughs) I'm like, I love what I do so much. And I will never, I will always have some sort of projects going on in my own stuff. Like, I don't think I could ever do absolutely nothing, but I'm like, I'm down to work just for fun. You know, (laughs) like, like the idea of being a hundred percent present with my, partner and my children, at least like when my children are young and stuff before they go to school, I'm like, I want that so much more. Like mm. I'll throw all the businesses away for yeah. that over like trying to do force all of it to happen. Right. And I do think that there's a way to like, something will have to give, of course, there's going to yeah. be like, you know, a rhythm and a balance and stuff like that. So like the amount I work and all that I do now in my life is not going to look the same when I have little babies and stuff like that. But like, I'm like, Oh, I, I do believe that there's a way to still quote unquote do it all, but you have to decide what that's going to all look like yeah, all together. Yeah, right. yeah. And so I'm like, so it's funny because I never, like, I don't think I ever would have thought that the idea of being a stay at home mom would be appealing to me. And now I'm like, that's a totally beautiful option that mm. I would be so happy with. Yeah. 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 I'm like, and so is like being able to be home and fully present and like in a sense, a stay at home mom too, but like, you know, maybe have one or two days a week where I work half days on my own stuff and have like a babysitter those days. Like, I'm like, it's, it's so that has shifted so much to where like the family simplicity, like that stuff is so much more important to me than it Mm. used to be. Well, it feels like too, that that's the shift that we're all going to or towards it's Mm -hmm. this human 
centric, not machine driven. It's, it's present versus yeah. absent. It's nurturing versus I don't know, hammering on some wall. <laughs> you know, I feel like a, a lot of the corporate work is just doesn't matter. You know, it's, it, it's this big game. It's a funny thing. It's like, doesn't really matter. It just matters that we yeah. get it done and keep pushing it forward. But then where we're going is this, everything matters. You know, the, the yeah. way we are present, look at one another and the way we sit with one another and the way we listen, it's, I was listening to this. Um, I don't know if you follow the energetic alchemist, uh, crystal. She yeah. is, she's an incredible soul and, and become a good friend. And she did this channel message last night. And she was, I don't know who she was channeling, but it was such a high vibration. I mean, it was like, whoa, what are we listening to? And it was so beautiful. And it said in the future, we won't have currency in the future. There, there isn't, um, I was just talking about like what the right way of humanity being like, is like the future is, um, I got the image of like, it's more avatar with all the technology, like the technology will enable us to go back into nature, but not be primitive, but to be yeah. highly present with each other yeah. and with the earth. And I'm like, God, that is so beautiful, but yeah. it's so interesting that, well, oh, go for it. No, no, go for it. Oh no. I was going to say like, when you say stuff like that, cause yeah, like, oh, we won't have currency. And then the automatic like 3D thought is to go, well, then how are people going to buy the things that they need? Right. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have money, then how are you going to motivate people to work? Right. That kind of stuff. And it's like, well, can you imagine a reality where people are so self-motivated and the things that they naturally love doing are going to contribute yes. to the greater good? That's right. 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 in a way that doesn't have that lack scarcity energy. Like we can't, I don't think we can actually think about in our consciousness, right. no matter how right. like elevated we are and stuff like that. I don't think we as humans can fully grasp the idea of a reality that does not have scarcity in yeah. it, you know, yeah. and that like yeah. lack energy there because it's like, okay, well, what if like there are people in an, in another in a future reality or consciousness or dimension or whatever, there are beings who are like, oh my gosh, like it is my passion. And what I love to do the most is like grow vegetables. Mm -hmm. What I love to do the most is take care of cows and like produce like such high quality milk and like, and meat and stuff like that. Or what I love to do is like, you know, like, I don't think that picking up trash is necessarily glamorous, but I see how it's such an important role, like mm -hmm. in our world and stuff like that. I feel like I'm like explaining communism in a sense, but not, yeah. <laughs> like, not, not, but like, but there, yeah. we can't fathom a reality where there isn't some sort of obligation. And I feel yeah. like that sort of paradise like does exist where everything that everyone's doing is so nourishing and fills, fills them up and where we wouldn't have to have some sort of like scarcity based, uh, or obligation based, like monetary system. Right. I, oh, it, just um, I've never really thought about it that way until I just know, now. I, last night, it was, <laughs> because it feels like, and I guess the, why I brought that up is even the, the corporate world is like creating a machine that's inhuman. So it's like the latest, I was on a call with someone yesterday that works at one of the biggest corporations in in the world and it's talking about ai and he literally was not joking he's on the 
on the team. He said, well, within a few years, we'll all be drinking Diet Cokes because literally there will no be no work needed by a human being. And we're in, and he said that they've already laid off their whole IT division, that the AI is already oh. doing it and people don't know. And that there's this, um, I forget what it's called, but on Microsoft Teams, on the premium right now, that there's a co-AI, co-host AI or something, whatever it's called, it listens to the entire conversation. It transcribes the entire conversation, but then from the transcription, it writes follow-up emails and emails everyone what to do. So, and then it will um, assign your count. I mean, literally it does everything. The human then at that point was just the facilitator of conversation. Wow. Wild. And it's a machine and it's inhuman and it's the machine. I just last yesterday, I just walked away from that thinking all it does is reduce us to more meaninglessness and more meaninglessness. And it's like humans are the problem, but humans are the answer. And the answer is like, if there wasn't this corporate structure, I heard, I think I mentioned this guy I was listening to the West coast wizard. This dude is so random. Oh, I, oh my gosh. Like I found him deep, deep, deep in a rabbit hole, but uh, he explained, he's like, capitalism is, is the natural order. There is no philosophy to capitalism. People will give something for, to someone else, what they pursue value in. That's just the way the world mm-hmm. is. Communism is a philosophy that must be taught. Socialism is a philosophy that must be taught. Fascism, all these philosophies that must be taught. He said, but God's economy is a pay it forward economy. That, and I was like, that's an interesting thought. And he was talking about that people wouldn't, if everyone was billionaires right now on the planet, there would be no one to pick up the trash and there would be, a, and I thought maybe, but maybe not. Maybe that we become so honorable as humanity and we become so community focus that next week it's my job to pick up the trash that I'm the trash man. And then the fall there's 52 weeks in a year and we sign up and like maybe four times a year, I do the trash and it makes me honor and understand the guy that's building the trash. Maybe we all learn to build homes together and build amazing homes versus just contractors that come in, blow these things up, sell them, get them out, do very minimal. The love's not in every hammered nail. Like there's just a missing component of mm-hmm we could bring but boy i could i just see that something's shifting into something incredibly beautiful right now and yeah. i don't know and you sharing that it's like affirming it it's like something's shifting your view and what's cool is like i'm looking at you sharing this idyllic story of like what you thought and then you always have been who you are like that's the beauty of humanity we've always been who we are we're just like unraveling like an onion every layer until Oh, so here we are. And it's so funny too, because like, even just if I think about like my last year of growth, I'm like, whoa, right. And I feel like that keeps happening every year. I'm like, oh my gosh. And it's so, I don't feel like this anymore, but there was a, cause like right now in my life, I'm very ready for and excited for partnership, family, all of that. And I, I think like even just a couple months ago, I was like feeling I'm behind, I'm running late, I better figure it out. Like I gotta be really careful who I date because like it's got it's gonna have to be the next per- like yeah. handful of people. Like he's gotta be in there. Otherwise, like it's pointless, right? And I would go down these really fucking fucked up dark paths where it was like yeah. I would literally like 
go so fast down that direction of like that negative, like I'm running on sort of thing where I'm like, and then I would be like, my life is basically over at this point. Mm. That's where it would land. And I'm like, girl, what? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Thirty-six. Just getting started. <laughs> yeah, I'm like you're thirty-six you're years old. Yeah, like your mom, who like my mom's in her seventies, and like she came and like hung out with me for for like a week, and and was like doing a lot of stuff down in Southern California, and I'm like, I am like so far yeah. from that. Like, can you imagine? Like, I feel like I've lived a really full life. Yes. All now, I'm like, sure, this could be the midpoint. Probably not. No. Right? I'm like, yo, there's so much to go. Wow. There's it's so like much so more. exciting. Yes. Totally. It at the um like I told Lauren, my wife, Lauren, um, everyone listening, <laughs> Lauren on um I was like, I bless you with another 70 years. You have another 70 years because she's sick and she's getting really down. I'm like, another 70 years. I really believe that. On a on an ayahuasca uh, journey, Jesus came to me, mm-hmm. and right to my left, like right here, said, "I came to die; you came to live." And I was like, "Whoa!" And I really don't believe we're gonna die. I think something's gonna. Everyone can be like, "That's ridiculous." Even Lauren's like, <laughs> "Oh, now I don't believe anything you talk about. You think in the future." I don't know what's gonna happen. Energetically, it doesn't feel like we're gonna die. We might wake up and. Be, it might be inception where this is all just this. I mean, I don't know what, how it's going to be, well, but we are so much like, healthier and younger looking than our parents' generation. Right. Yeah. When my dad was my age, he looked old. Like you look at photos of yeah. people, it's like forties and fifties. Like, well, and I still, interestingly, and I don't know if it's like us, like light workers and stuff like that, or like conscious people, but like, I still people like somebody last week was like, how old are you? What? Like 30? Yeah. And I was like, I'm 36. They're like, whoa, shit. Yeah. And that happens all the time. I'm like, yes. yeah, thank you. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, thanks. They but even with that, like, I got all this gray in the beard. And they're like, oh, you're pretty old. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, but with the like living, like the longevity thing, I think right now, but maybe you talked about this. I forget. I, it was a, a conversation recently with somebody. I didn't discover this on my own. But where they're like, oh, based on like science and advances in technology and stuff like that, like they're anticipating that we will live to like 120 years old. Yes. Yes. Like at least. Yes. It's amazing. And wild. Healthy. So we think a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to live a healthy 120, not a. Yeah. So that's like, that could be, we're in only a quarter of our life, right? Like we could only be a quarter into this thing. Yes. I believe. And then since we have no idea no idea what happens with death right right like the yeah so whether it's an ins- it's the, the like you can't the, i mean i've thought i don't know if this is in the darkness i've thought this but i thought what if it's the relief like what if it's the key out but you can't choose it you have to let it choose you yeah when our mission here is done, then right. we're good. And we may not know what that mission is. Right. Exactly. And when it's fulfilled. Right. Right. But yeah, because like, I mean, I don't think it just like ends. But yeah, like, I feel like there's going to be, whether it's an inception sort of thing, I've never heard thought of it 
as like, oh, we don't die. But I'm like, that I think that's a possibility too. Like there could be just like a, oh, we just zip into a new dimension somehow. I think, I think so. So check check this out. <laughs> I love this. this with you. So the and everyone can Google this. So you can um search what blue and red lights do to our brain. So why police all over the earth use blue and red lights is because flashing blue and red hijack our pineal gland and it hijacks our brain. Immediately we go into fear. It, it, it overrides all senses. When blue and red lights flash, it hijacks us. And the 3D glasses that we put on at movie theaters are blue and red. So it puts us in already to this immersive experience. Mm -hmm. Blue and red, most of the, actually every power Let's say every, the majority of powerful countries on the planet have blue and red in their flags, Russia. I was just going to say that Britain, it's blue and red. And then there are some that just have red and some that just have blue, but there are these, the power. Yeah. The Cause power I don't think there's like the blue and red. Yeah. There's not much like purple, right. pink, green, some orange, yeah. some green, Brazil, some yellow. Exactly. But not most of it's blue and red. So blue and red in our political parties, blue and red. And ironically, the Republican Party up until I think the 81 was blue and their Democrat Party was red and they swapped the colors. So they're constantly playing with blue and red. And then royalty's color is purple. So like it when makes... the Clintons after like Hillary lost the election, they, her and Bill stood in purple and, and people can look up. There's this other language, it's called semaphore, which is the language of flags and language of clothing. And there's a whole bunch that goes on in semaphore language, but colors are a really interesting thing. So just talking about living forever, what happens? I thought, and keep in mind when there's red and blue flash, it hijacks us. It doesn't matter. We can be like as strong-willed as we want. Immediately when red and blue lights flash, we go into fight or flight uh, and usually freeze. Huh. So think of what, what is the color of heaven or the sky blue, but what's the color of hell red. So huh. this constant. I've never thought of people. the red blue thing. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. And the, the royalty, what finished that statement and why the Pope wears purple and, and purple is this color is because purple is red and blue together. Mm -hmm. And so it's declaring that the, the lordship over the red and blue mm. like i'm above your system i control your system so whenever they're in purple it's a declaration of like control over the system and so what i the, what oh, it's crazy there's so much to this realm but i was thinking about heaven and hell heaven and hell is a application of the red and blue frequency buzzing on us creating fear keeping us small plain like well if you're gonna like no we uh. God who creates is going to keep creating and, and just wants to know like how we're going to show up. So where we go next, like it's going to be glorious. This is one grand. It's so expression. interesting. It's, so, it's interesting. so interesting to think about being a human <laughs> and, and not just, <laughs> yeah. well, and I'm like, how high are we? No, I'm not. I'm not. Like, I'm not. This <laughs> yeah. would be really fun if we were, but I mean, it's already fun, but I'm like, <laughs> you know, but it's such a trip thinking about like, oh, our little souls decided to jump into this fucking yes. playground yes. 
That's so wild. And then there's all those sorts of things where like all these synchronicities or all these like systems and stuff like that, that the more you look at it, like starts to make more sense and dots get connected. People are like, no, it's just like random. And I'm like, but is it all just random? Cause that seems like an easy way out. Right. Right. Yeah. We know. I mean, my son and I love to play call of duty. He, and, and it's interesting. I've noticed we do, we play old, old call of duty. Um, and all we do is try to beat this game as fast as we can. So we don't care about playing it right. Or like, we just like kill as many guys as quickly as possible. Yeah. And, and we track our time and we played over and over and over. And then I had a buddy come, um, we played so much. We broke the game. The game stopped playing. It stopped spinning. So I bought a new one and it picks right up. So we like, I don't know if burned a, I don't know what it did, but it stopped. Yeah. Um, why bring this up is my buddy and I had been playing this years ago. And so he came over, he stayed with us and we started playing again. I hadn't played with him like 10 years or something like that, but we played our same kind of patterns. But my son who doesn't have the patterns that we have is unbelievable at this game. And he's so fast and it's be, and my buddy and I were talking about, and we, my son and I broke the record, like beyond what my buddy and I could do. And it's because he isn't conditioned with the programming. So he sees it differently. He can move through this and navigate through what is already prescribed as the realm, whatever, differently. And so then I'm thinking about nothing's random. Every A programmer, and I'm sure video games are so much more advanced, but like being in these games, even the flowers are like designed. Some designer designed, spent yeah. a week's worth of time making sure the flowers look this right, that the reflection in the mirror is right. So my point is, not only is it not random, everything is designed, everything, whether there is an architect that actually designed this experience that is of higher consciousness than we can fathom, or it takes a childlike wonder to relook at the realm that we're in and see it in a different way versus the adult conditioned view of just pushing forward. And it's been really interesting for me to like slow down. Like I just thought of that last week, like heaven and hell is blue and red. That's how they hijack and keep us in fear and condition us. And then like purple is the combo and I, all the Royal families were purple, like fascinating. I'm so curious to look into that more. That's freaking. Yeah. And also, and because here's the thing, like, we don't really know, like, no, none of us knows the exact answer of why this is all happening and why, you know, nobody knows it. So it's like, okay. And so so people will be like, no, that's ridiculous. It's like, okay, but like, none of us has the answer. So like, try on, like, like, explore all the options. Yes. Yes. Have you gotten into human design work? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm slowly like, I love it. Giving it my attention oh my gosh you're gonna love it human design (laughs) is my favorite like kind of personality map assessment sort of thing what are you yeah i am a sacral authority generator Mm. six two what are you i'm a three five which is i see i don't i only like no mine (laughs) heretic which means 
I have to experience the martyr has to experience everything and learn from their experiences. And then the heretic is one who shares the experiences with everyone. Like, Hey, I've, I've gone through it all and shared. And what is, what is the six, two? The six, two is the, um, role model hermit. So, so, uh, so yeah, so like the hold on, I'm like looking, I want to like say yeah, things. Yeah. But yeah, role model hermit is so I have sacral authority is like very like gut yeah. decision maker, mm-hmm. right? So like my gut immediate yes or no. And if it's confusing, if it's not a gut yes, then it's a no. Right. Mm-hmm. And the, so the more that I've learned to listen That's to cool. that and follow that, the more it effective it is for my life. So that is so accurate for me. But the but yeah, a six, two, it's that role model hermit. So very much, um, let me find actually. This is cool. That's beautiful. Of course, you, you know, this is, this is beautiful stuff like to learn this. Yeah. Let me, let me find a, oh yeah. So six, two generator, peer generators have special strategy, wait to respond. Yeah. So like I like incoming and I say yes, no. Right. Mm. Um, and so the, the role model thing is like, yes, very much being that like role model kind of, of energy, that leader energy that like make your own rules kind of energy, but also hermit one, like really valuing recharging and that solo time and stuff Mm. like that, which is so like, is really something that I've only like leaned into really strongly in the last, like since COVID, honestly, Mm. it, because it came like out of out of necessity and out of force because I got divorced in May, 2020, right. During the thick of COVID, especially here in Los Angeles. And then I'm living in this house by myself in Los Angeles. That's completely Mm -hmm. shut down. Can't go to the gym. Can't go to cafes, anything like that. So many of my friends moved out of LA. So then I'm like, okay, now, like I literally like just, you know, lost my family who's in Los Angeles, my ex-husband and his family or ex-husband's family lived in LA or siblings. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, so I literally am now like completely by myself and I can't like go out into the world and like hang out with people and like make mm-hmm. new friends. And so I learned how like really strengthened my introverted side because I'm incredibly extroverted. And I have now, I'd be so curious to like take the, uh, the like Myers-Briggs again and see where I oh, fall on the yeah. extrovert introvert scale, yeah. because I love my alone time now. I love mm. hanging out with myself so much. Like I am totally fine being by myself. I still, because extrovert introvert isn't like where you get your energy from. And now like, it feels very much like both, but I definitely still am extroverted because like, I'll even be like, Oh, I've been like, by myself too much. I need to like go just work from a cafe all day. I may not talk to anybody but I will feel energetically better just having human yeah. humans around. Do you feel that same way with a podcast? Like talking, do you feel lifted up? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's very, it's different. Um, it's yeah, it's a different sort of energy. And interestingly, like um, one of my girlfriends sent me a bunch of box, like 15 minutes worth of like Voxer voice notes before, awesome. before this. And like, I'm going to tell her like, Hey, I don't have energy to respond to these today because I've been talking all day. Right. Like you're my yeah. third yeah. podcast interview today. Yeah. And so I'm like, I am talked 
out. But I have some work, some like creative work that I really am looking forward to doing today where it doesn't require me to speak or anything like that, but just like work mm-hmm. on my computer. And even though I've, I've been home, like connected to humans all yeah. day long yeah. in intentional present conversation, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go have like a evening work session, like at a cafe or like go to my gym lounge or something like that, because I'm like, I want to be creative, but like, it doesn't feel the idea of like doing, being on my laptop, like on the couch, like even with TV on or something like that, like that doesn't sound nourishing, like being around humans, not talking, but being around humans, like that feels like what my soul wants. Cause I haven't, and my first podcast interview today was at 9 30 AM. So I got up, let these dogs out, took a walk and then was on zoom. So I feel very like, I feel like my social energy is very nourished today, but my like in-person human energy is not. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. It's fascinating how we're all the makeup of all of us, you know, we're all different. We all have their own nuances, but there's an understanding when we can understand ourselves There's an, and share that there's an understanding amongst us. Like, okay, I get that. Holy. Yeah. Wait. So what, what, what's the rest of your human design stuff? Uh, let me, let me read it. Let's see. It's, um, um, three, five martyr heretic. So it says this profile contains an, uh, the enormous projection field of the five. I recommend that you read the first part, blah, blah, blah. Um, it says when someone with a three, five profile doesn't follow their natural genetic strategy and authority in life, they end up in a bottomless pit full of pessimism, victimhood, destroyed reputation, and paranoia. They see themselves as a black sheep and keep running away from their whole life. From what? From everything and everyone. Someone with a three, five profile that has a genetic imperative to discover in their life all the things that do not work at first that sounds like so that is totally me like that's mm-hmm. why you know like on our podcast like or when i was i'm like trying to figure it all like talking about red and blue talking about heaven and hell talking about like i sit around i'm like what is i, I mean i have this like i you used to I'd probably say compulsion but more i love it i'm not gonna i'm not gonna deny it. i <laughs> love the rabbit holes i love figuring it out. I know that there are rooms that hold conversations that influence the world. And I mm-hmm. am, and they think they're one step ahead and I'm going to be one step with them. Like, I, you know, I think I said this on your podcast. I can't remember, but the chess and checkerboards, the same board, they want us to play checkers while they're playing chess. And that's the way I look at like life. So this was like spot on. Um, The temptation to credit the mind is immense and often devastating, especially when this is defined with the human design chart. People with the 3-5 profile have to learn based upon their strategy and authority early in life to discern what's correct for them and what isn't so that they don't end up in pessimism, but can show us all what really works in life. But to find this out, inevitably, many things have to be discovered that doesn't work and that is impractical. That is the process of discovery, not a problem or a flaw of these people. The strength with a three, five profile is to say, okay, I finally found something that really works and serves life, but let's dispose of everything that doesn't work because I've discovered all the things that don't work. So you don't have to work your way through the process of trial and error. And I'll show you immediately how you can implement it practically in your lives. People with three, three, five profiles are capable of going really deep without stopping just because something isn't working, blah, blah, blah. So it's like, 
they have a picture of Doc from Back in the Future, like the scientist, <laughs> like the mad scientist. Like, yeah. and they have a guy speaking. It looks to like a million people on the streets somewhere in like Europe. Like, that's the that's my profile. <laughs> yeah, but it's fascinating. I like, wait, what? Where are you like uh, pulling that information from? Uh, some probably goofy website called Human. Uh, design system.co I don't know I'll put it I'll put it in the chat but uh and I don't know like um you know they have like man I'm a projector I do know that a projector okay cool um but uh yeah it's fascinating it's fascinating it's it's so interesting and the more the deeper I go with human design stuff and learning about it like the more it um makes sense. And the more it helps me understand myself. Mm. It's so cool. I think it's fascinating. The, um, one of the things, so I think we, we, well, not, I don't want to reference, not that everyone, I loved being on your podcast and we talked about all sorts of crazy things for, they were really long. Oh my gosh. Um, I know. One of the things that's fascinating that you talked about knowing yourself and the, the, Mm. the self-knowledge is what puts in right context, I believe who we are in context with what is surrounding us. Mm-hmm. And I was reading recently, I read all the Gnostic gospels and the Gnostic gospels used right. to be part of the Bible. So the Ethiopian Bible, which is the oldest Bible that we have unedited on the planet is the Ethiopian Bible. And it has, I think, 77 books. So there's 11 extra books um, or maybe 88. There's more books in the Ethiopian Bible, which is this old text the bible but the books that got removed were the the gnostic text and gnosis is to know oneself it's knowledge Mm -hmm. it's self-knowledge and so i could see how the machine took away the text that teaches self-knowledge and only leaves the text of external verification or external validation and without that self-knowledge we're lost and this human design and understanding ourselves more in context with all this other stuff in the world makes everything make sense, which yeah. is Yeah. Well, and, and like the more that I also like deepen my understanding of spirituality and consciousness and whether it's through human design or like so many other things, it's like, and deeper healing, like somatic healing, whatever it is, it's like, Oh, that's it. It anchors my, belief in God and like, even like what's in the Bible, like even more. Right. But it's so much, it's far expanded from like what's in the Bible. And I don't claim to in any way be like an expert on the Bible by any means, but, and I've actually been wanting to, I get to do this because I've been thinking about this a few times, like get to reread it Mm -hmm. as like a grown human. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I went to Christian college and stuff like that and would still call myself a Christian very much believe in Jesus and everything, but like, it's, it's so much more expansive than that. But I'm like, with like this understanding of spirituality and consciousness and all this kind of stuff, I'm like, yo, that shit's in the freaking Bible. And (laughs) it makes, yeah. I'm like, they talk about astrology in the Bible. Y'all like they talk about freaking crystals. Why are they bringing incense and essential oils to baby Jesus? Right. (laughs) Right. Like, that's right. You're like, no, don't use those woo woo yes. things. Yeah. And it's like, that was like the best gift they could bring. Yes. Yes. And that's what they chose. Right. Like yeah. I'm like. The f- oils. 
there Incense, uh, stuff like that cannabis cannabis was part of the 11 spices of the temple that was constantly burned always so we they, they think of like the temple was destroyed in 70 ad that temple was burning cannabis amongst 10 other spices that were part of this experience that people so the catholic church now when they do the incense down the aisle i think uh forget the guy's name is on joe rogan this um I think he's a social anthropologist. Um, I can see his name. He's a British guy, but he talks about that used to be the 11 spices that they would. So when people were praying, they were really with the plants, really with the earth, really connecting to the divine. But now it's just smelly incense, you know, and not to disparage it, but it's not the intent of what it really yeah. was. Can you imagine like going into a place of ceremony and it's like, like Jesus loves you. And you're like, I feel it. It's like, yeah. wow, he does love me and he does love us. It's just, we've had the machine just takes all the meaning away from everything. But you're right. It's all in the Bible. Yeah. And like the more, like, and when you look at it with that lens, I'm like, oh yeah. Like, and so many other historic things you're like, there are so many things that make way more sense with understanding other dimensions and yeah. Yes. other realms of consciousness and that kind of stuff where you're like yeah. there's there are stories of um shamans in peru walking up to these gate they're called gates and all it is is on the side of a mountain it probably at one time it was a man-made thing but it's so weathered it, it's hard to see it but it looks like a big door just on a mountainside and they have stories of them walking up to the rock and stepping through the rock and disappearing into the mountain. Solid rock. And what I was reading on this is that there's a frequency, everything has vibration, everything's energy, frequency, mm -hmm. and vibration. So the, the shaman could align his frequency to the rock so that he could pass through the rock, which then to me said, well, that's how Jesus walked through the wall and when they were all in the upper room and he shows up because he turned his frequency into that matter. So he, we could pass through. We just don't understand. I don't know how to, I've not yet figured out how to tap into the frequency to go into this thing, but there are all these stories of in every Hinduism, Buddhism, shamanism, mm -hmm. like they all in Christianity, it's just not talked about where people pass through physical matter. And how is that done? Well, according to this shaman, this uh, social anthropologist, is that they were able to figure out the frequency of the matter and vibrate to it to go into it. I'm like, that's... Which makes so much sense. It does. I'm like, of course. That's yeah. I really think I said this to um, Jenna, who I interviewed earlier today. I, with every fiber of my being, believe that they are blocking the frequency. Something is... There's like, um, you know, or like Trump... When they raided his um, Mar-a-Lago, they got really upset that he has a skiff in Mar-a-Lago, which is a what's a, a boat? Is that what no, a skiff is? No, I thought it sounds like <laughs> a boat, but it's a security. It's, it's basically um, a box that they can walk. They they have meetings in that are completely EMF free. So the White House has a skiff. Like any secret, top oh. secret information is done within a skiff, and skiff's an acronym for something. Um, but it's like a Faraday box or Faraday cage. It's a big, it blocks um, information. Oh, there is a skiff that is, a skiff is also a boat. Oh, it is. Well, it sounds like, <laughs> I knew this. Yeah, hop on the skiff. Uh, 
so to me, I'm like, there's got to be some sort of skiff that we're all in, in a way, like an inverted skiff that they're blocking these frequencies from us really rising into our full human potential because we are the only beings created in the image of God. And so mm. if they can hinder that, kill that, stifle that, minimize that, confuse that, and we're like trying to figure all this out, but they're losing their grip pretty soon. I don't just think it's far off. Um, the plausibility scale that we step in, they break that spell, that spell breaks somehow. And all of a sudden we're like, yeah, moving mountains with our hands. Right. Yeah. So S S C I F sensitive compartmented information facility. Facility. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, but yeah, because we only like, we only access a small percentage of our brain. No, what are right? they, 8% or something? Like, so then why do we have our brain the way that it is? You know, then like, why did, was our brain made this way? If we're only using a little bit of it, That's right. right? And then why do we get to, why, why is it through like psychedelics and shit like that, that we then tap into other areas of our brain, you know? And why do they make, but psych- then, illegal. but yeah, exactly. And why is that stuff illegal? And of course there like are things that are, damaging to us and not good for us of course and like overuse and stuff like can be damaging to our brain and our health and things like that but like it's like okay yeah but exactly like okay why are mushrooms yeah illegal right right? Right. that sort of thing and alcohol isn't alcohol is a downer that shuts your brain down and get get over time gives you brain damage yes yes and like organ failure is poison but the stuff that's illegal is the stuff that like um, allows us to tap in, into other areas of our brain right. rather than shut it down. Yeah. So like if our brains are designed with this capacity, why can't we use it all? Right. You know, and even with like psychedelics and stuff like that, because I've been able to go places with my brain by the use of psychedelics that now I can go yes, that's do right. without them. Exactly right. That's right. I'm like, oh, thank you for showing me how to get there. Now I know how to do it during meditation. Now I know how to do it if I'm zoning out somewhere. Now I know how to do it like without your help. Thank you for helping me find that path. That's right. That's what Ramdas said. Um, what was his name as a Harvard professor? Hopper? Is it Richard Hopper or I don't know. Whatever he was. Jim Halpert office. Yeah, Jim Halpert. Whatever his birthday was, <laughs> he was a professor at Harvard with uh Terrence McKenna and in you know, he was in that movement, but then he found meditation, but he, he said that psychedelics basically showed him the North star of where then to go in meditation. Yeah. And it's like, that's incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, I've known how to dissociate unknowingly knew, have known how to like my whole life. Yeah. And like astral projection and those sorts of things are a form of dissociation, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it, it kind of, mm-hmm. it, not really, like they are, but like you're tapping into psychic gifts rather than like sh- removing from your personality. Um, but like, yeah, one of the things with my first ayahuasca journey, I like had such a experience of leave, completely leaving my body and and becoming like, fairy dust Mm -hmm. like so fucking high up 
and so disconnected to the point where I was like, Hey, remember your fucking body's down there. Don't be gone too long and don't leave it there, <laughs> you know, yeah. to where now, like I'm able to do that takes a little bit more effort, but able to do that completely sober with no assistance, right? Yeah. Like, Ooh, let's zip out and just like go into like glitter yes. energy. Yes. Right. I still don't like, I have never, well, to my knowledge, I have never astral projected or like, I don't know how to do that yeah. really yeah. consciously, but yeah. Like that's, that's a whole why, other level. I was trying for a long time. <laughs> uh, I had this guy on my podcast and he was like telling me how to do it afterwards. And so I was trying and it didn't uh, happen, but his experience was like so profound, like changed his life. Like, mm. and he didn't do it on purpose. He woke up and he realized that he was out of his body and he could, see, he was above his house. And then he was conscious of it and started like exploring. He could see everything that was going on in the neighborhood. And, and then he, he was like, Oh, it's time to come back. And he came back in and he was like, what was that? I'm like, dude, that's cool. Like, I want to, I want to try that out. Like, how's that happen? And that was just in the middle of the night. Also though, when DMT is the highest is when we dream in our body dreams. And when we have um, our life flash before our eyes and everything slows down, it's because that's DMT. So dreams are DMT. And hmm. that makes sense that he had this psychedelic experience in the yeah. height of his sleep. Ooh. Okay. So this is an interesting thing that I would love to hear your perspective on. I was talking to, so a, a friend of mine who um, wrote a book really about spirituality and how we are um, souls having a human experience. And one of the things that he says in his book, and we talked about this like a couple weeks ago, actually, is thinking about dreaming and how like our, you know, before we come into this world, like we're hanging out with source, we're hanging out with God. So before we're born, we're like, up there with God, just waiting to pop into the world. Mm. And he was talking about dreaming and how like, okay, if dreams are, if, if what we believe dreams to be are the creations of our subconscious based on memories or based on lived experiences, if that's what we have come to the consensus that dreams are, how do babies dream? Like what the fuck are babies dreaming about? Or dogs dream, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, dogs have lived experiences, right? And some memories and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. But like, because I know when my dog's like running and stuff, yeah, yeah. she'll bark in her sleep. It's so funny. But like a fresh baby, like even babies before they know how to like consciously smile. And sure, there's physiological impulses and nerve things that are going on that are going to make their face move or whatever. But you can also tell right. when a human is dreaming, yes. like eyes, yeah. that sort of thing. So it's like, okay, then like, what's a fresh little baby with like, basically no life experience and no memories. Mm. What are they dreaming about? And his idea is like, no, I think when we dream, like we're going, we're connecting back with source. Mm. And so like, they're, Oh, they're going and like hanging out with God, right. Yeah. Or going to other dimensions, even as fresh little babies. Yes. 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 It's beautiful. Yeah. What I see and what I feel and like the space you're holding and creating and, and where we're all going, A, we're going to know the reality of God. B, we're mm -hmm. going to be so filled with our fullest potential as a human experience. Like our 92% blocked brain access is going to be a thing of the past. We'll have a hundred percent. We will be fully 
present and time is going to slow down and we will fill our days with, with deep relationships, conversation, and it will not even be work anymore. It will just be ministry, not from a religious sense, but like I was saying, like maybe I'll be the garbage man for a week and maybe, but it's all a, a society of honoring one another, preferring one another, loving one another. And we couldn't get to that place unless we did the work to love ourselves, honor ourselves, choose ourselves, free ourselves. So that when we walk into that place, we know the value. Like, I really Mm -hmm. feel like that's the world where it's here almost. It's very close. It's very close. Like a dream world. Yeah. I don't know. It's very. Yeah. Um, Okay. Wait, I just looked it up. It's the, there's apparently it's a myth that we only. Oh, use. Use. Yeah. Or like 10%. Mm. Well, but what it's things are saying is that no, we use a lot more, but we don't understand Mm. what the fuck the brain's doing. We're like, we (laughs) use a lot more, but we really don't understand what's going on. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, there's a lot more. I remember the first time I did had that ayahuasca experience and I could, I was hearing two conversations, someone that was sitting on my left and someone was sitting on my right. They were having conversations. I was not talking to them, but I processed both their conversations at the exact same time. And I was like, whoa, I'm hearing and could track both. Like my brain just held it both. Yeah. That was, that was very much my first ayahuasca uh, journey. I was able to similar sort of thing. People weren't talking, but I was able to take in experience every single physical sensation that was going on, every single sound that was going on, every single thought that was going on at the exact same time and give it all the same presence. (laughs) It was so wild. I was like, whoa, I am paying attention to everything at the same time and not missing anything. (laughs) And think of God. Or I'm just high as balls. (laughs) Well, People are like, that's what's called being high. I'm like, no, but come on. Yeah, that is interesting too, that that context. Yeah, because I go high, like I've had experience looking down or these things, but yeah, that makes sense. But it's also, it's fascinating. This whole thing is fascinating. I love you and I am really, I just thank you for everyone lauren and i have shared this before we talked about some podcasts like we met at the most incredible time and had the most incredible experience together that that was that was life-changing that was a game changer forever and yeah and it's i'm just proud of you i I know that's not even the right word i just love watching you you're doing it and Mm. actually you're being it it's not doing you're just being Mm. it and you're and the wave is carrying you and you you're your wave is very big. I feel it. It feels good. I feel it like this. Good. Yeah. And even with it's, it's, I got a lot of really beautiful feedback from our um, podcast. Cause fun fact to y'all listening in, we did a, I don't usually do two part podcasts on my show. Like I think I've had like three total maybe. And so we, we did a two parter Lucas and I for my show yeah. um, and had such cool feedback um, from so mm-hmm. many people and so many people really resonating with the feeling of like, yeah, 2022 was such a doozy and feeling like, no, there's a shift for us all in 2023. There's a shift for us lightworkers, us empaths, like there's a big shift happening. And 
yeah. And I, I so feel it. I so mm. feel it, which is incredible because it's just, I just, life is so interesting. I mean, I already said this. It's like, oh, I felt like I did so much growing in 2020 and then yeah. in 2021 and yes, in 2022 as well, but it was like a whole year of dark night of the soul mm. um, that I'm like, you know, what's this year going to be like? What's next year going to be like? Oh my gosh, who am I going to be in five years? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, what an adventure. Well, we'll do an episode in five years. It'll be it'll be great. Yeah, yeah. Ah, I love you. Where can everyone find you. you, support you, listen to you, work with you? Like everyone go find Laura. Yeah, find yeah, y'all, I'll... I'll pitched myself right now yes. so you can find me best place to find me and connect with me is instagram lauren salon that is my instagram handle slide into the dms say hello i also have my own podcast amplify with lauren um and for working with me i mean i own a pr agency and we work with a lot of heart-centered entrepreneurs so a lot of people in the personal development space in the coaching space the, the healthy the health and wellness space, mindfulness space, all of that. And then I also have my own coaching business and speaking business on a lot. I mean, a lot of the stuff that we, well, not a lot of, we, we went, we went in a, in a different direction, but in a lot of like, we do a lot on, um, I do a lot of coaching on masculine, feminine energetics and harmonization on, um, like healing that overachieving go, 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 go kind of vibe, the perfectionist stuff. Um, supporting people and really strengthening their self-worth, um, mm. supporting people with self-expression, alignment and authenticity, um, all that kind of stuff. And, and yeah, and you can connect with me about all that through, through Instagram. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, I will yes. put the links in the show notes. I love you. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Thank and you then, so much for having me. This this is not so much a cliffhanger, but we will do many more of these. I know. I know. I know. Every time I'm like, yeah. what are we going to talk about? Let's just jam out on stuff. This is going to be so fun. It's amazing. I love it. And I really enjoyed where we went. We started with the masculine and feminine. We went about blue and red and hijacking, talked about psychedelics and astral projection. And I love it. I love it. Podcast episode. Sis, thank you so much for coming on. I love you. And everyone, please go find Lauren. I will put her Instagram handle, which has all the links to her world offerings and um, her podcast in the show notes. So please go find her and follow her, send her love. And I love you each and everyone. Thank you for watching, listening, sharing this content, joining me on this journey. We are a soul family rising as an example for the world to love one another, to love God, to love one another. And it is all going to work out, dear brother and sister. I have been going through hell. Every day I wake up, it's been a nightmare with this health journey of my wife and the amount of stretching, the amount of growing, the amount of insights and healed, un unearthed the layers of pain. Have been incredible truly there's only the only way we can go get to the other side of who we want to become is to go through this process and we're all going through it in one way shape or form so i love you all i bless you all i am lucas mack this is the golden rule revolution and i'll talk to you on the next episode thank you brothers and sisters for listening for support in your journey go to my website lucas mack 
www.thepowerofpowerpodcast.com. 